It's Lewis Crathen here with another podcast. It's Inside the World of Duotone. And this evening, I am joined by the creative director of 250Ks, the founder as well. Welcome to the show, Sander Renneman from the Netherlands. Hey, nice, nice to meet you and nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. No, thank you for taking the time. I'm really looking forward to this show because I've got the notes on exactly what it is you do. And um, you're also a kiteboarder as well. And we'll get into that. But let's start off first. You're the founder and creative director of 250K. What is 250K and what are you doing on a regular business day? Ah, That's a good question. Well, uh, 250K is an all-around creative agency uh, operating worldwide. Uh, and basically focusing on everything related to entertainment. So uh, in short way, uh, everything you see at an event like festival or concert or uh, related to set design, light design, show creation uh, is what we are doing in-house um, and, then, uh, and then globally. So all these different genres, um, and also focusing on the club designs, uh, festivals, concerts, uh, experimental design, um, uh, sport and entertainment. So, for example, Formula One, if you see the ceremony stage and there's uh, a DJ performing, that's, that's mostly us. So, um, yeah, all these kind of things. Great stuff. Always like to do a... Yeah, yeah and it, re- it really does look like... Um amazing things that you get to do here i'm just scrolling your instagram as we speak here sander and you've got amazing shots of like you said the um the prize giving ceremonies and all the shows that go on with formula one i know you're a big uh, supporter or you collaborate with armin van buren i think that's the yeah, correct way yeah. to pronounce it but he's a, ma- he's yeah, a major dj with over 3.7 million followers yeah. we're going to get onto him in a moment's time and you know it sounds almost like you underplay it a bit you know everything you see about entertainment and stages and things like that but it really is something special to actually just look visually how that looks when you have a quick scroll through your instagram but how how did you get how did you get into doing this sander as your as your daily job oh uh, yeah it's funny thing is it's actually yeah it started as a passion you know in your teenager uh, when i was a teenager went out and i was more you know attracted to all the people that were working on events so uh and i, I studied graphic design at the uh, uh, art academy here in holland um i actually was a bit bored about uh, uh, working in the advertising industry and uh, started designing uh, and uh started designing uh, actually decorations for uh for events and back in the days, you know, it wasn't wasn't as big as, as it is now. But uh, yeah, so I started early and I'm now in it for more than 20 years. Uh, 2008, we started 250K after, you know, a journey of you know, sort of investigating what I was uh, most attracted to. And um, uh, yeah, that, that was where it all started. So it basically started with a, with a small design and then you know, started as a set designer, and then uh, back in the days, you had done a, 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 a show director, uh, but wasn't doing actually what what I thought the stage needed to do, and then started directing myself, and then you know, Joe bumped into Armin van Buren and started working with him, 
And then he brought me all over the world. Uh, and we did amazing, amazing shows together uh, since since 2008. Uh, yeah, from there it went on. And um, yeah, still now, still still busy, still doing a lot of cool stuff. And enjoying always to experiment and uh, and and creating new and uh, new new things. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's not only me. It's also with my two partners. And yeah, nowadays a big team of uh, over forty people. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, it's, it's sort of a you know a big dream that came out, and still living the dream most of the time as well. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I bet that's what your friends tell you. Yeah, yeah, all the time. yeah, they always You're think little, that I'm on a holiday yeah. because I'm always traveling here. I've been visiting more than 125 countries, I believe, uh, in my career. So uh, they always think that I'm on a, on a, on a holiday. But uh, sometimes it is, you know, I always try to, to combine uh, my passion, for example, kitesurfing and, 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 and or, or skiing or snowboarding uh, with, with the countries that we're visiting. But uh, basically, most of the time, it's just work, uh, you know, late nights, mostly during the night. Um, and it's hard work, a lot of traveling. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I love it. That, don't worry, though. I don't worry, Sander. I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, uh, being a kite boarder with the, the sort of lifestyle that I've had, I often get the same thing with friends thinking that you're on holiday, but actually that's, that's not exactly true. But we're going to get in, uh, to a little, we're going to get into a little bit about how, kiteboarding is you know something that you can do to to relax and maybe even we can go as far as say meditate away from your typical working day but first of all i i don't have this here in my notes but it's just hit me here i want to know where the name come from here 250k yeah funny story because that's actually a story that started 20 years ago when uh, i was working at a festival here in the south of holland called extrema outdoor uh and uh they they were on a lake so all the stages were surrounding the lake and the owner of the festival had an idea of uh creating an end show closing show for the festival which which uh, everybody like thirty thousand visitors could see um and they gave us a budget two hundred fifty thousand euros and we spent every every dime of it and um uh, uh <laughs> not make made any money out of it especially in the young years uh uh, but that's actually, I thought the name was cool, 250K. Uh, so I created a T-shirt and said to one of the guys that was now still my partner, well, yeah, maybe we should do some, you know, showcase website or something, you know, maybe maybe it hit off, hit off. Uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, 16 years later, it's, uh, it's, yeah, sort of history, you know, 16 years later, and uh, it's still the brand name, uh, and, and we love the name because it's just actually really where it started. So, uh, that's where the name 250k comes from. Yeah, and it's powerful. It's a powerful name, and it's in capital letters, and it's uh, yeah. it's in it's written as in uh, the word 250, and then just K at the end. And it's yeah. uh, it is a great name, and I'm glad I've got to the bottom yeah. of that. And what a lovely yeah. st- story that that it, it points yeah. back yeah, so to. It's my first budget, your first that, event, that somebody ever gave me to create a show. Uh, yeah, so it's also yeah, it's a it's a nice wow. sort of connection. Cool. That's not that's not a bad budget, you know. But there's a number. Everybody always thinks that that's our sort of landing fee to start working with us, but uh, it's actually just a name. uh, But it's a funny name, and you know, it's 
it sticks. So everybody, if you hear it once, then it's basically also something you uh, you remind. So that's good. Yeah, no, for sure. Makes me start to think what I would have called uh, my business if I went back to sort of my first contract. It might be a bit low of a number <laughs> yeah. as far as 250K. Yeah, but yeah. I, was, I won't even throw out the number. It's probably way under. But um, let's move on a little bit, Sander. It's lovely to hear that um, that story. But I want to talk to you about how business must have been for you during the pandemic, you know, like with something like events and stages and putting on shows, yeah. you must have been hit really hard by the pandemic. Is uh, Was it difficult? Is everything getting back to normal for you now? Uh, it was definitely the first, well, I still remember some, I think somewhere in March. Uh, actually, it's for us, it started a little earlier because uh, end, of, uh, uh, end of 2019, I did a big China tour. Uh, which I also visit Wuhan actually, and and right after with Armin we had a bus tour in January, and two three colleagues of us became really sick, uh, but back then we had no clue what it was, actually, um, uh, and so nobody uh, that it would be something different. Uh, so the, we we thought it was just the flu, and then I think somewhere in March we saw because. We were working in so globally, so we saw actually all the, our projects, and we did some in China and in Thailand. So everything stopped. Um, so yeah, we started so you know coming closer to Holland, and then suddenly you know we were in a lockdown. Uh, so it really it hit us really hard because we, I think, seventy percent of the business is outside of Holland. So um, yeah, we didn't know what to do. Uh, uh, so on one side, yeah, it did it hit us really hard. On the other side, personally, I, 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 I think COVID came perfectly because, especially me, but also I, saw, I think Armin and the rest of the team, especially the ones that were always touring, and we have, we have had these heavy touring years, like 100, 130 gigs per year, 140 gigs per year, so always in the playing six, seven months away from wow. home. Um, so I think for us, it came from the right on a perfect time business-wise it was really tough especially in the beginning on the other side as a creative company it also gave us the opportunity and the ability of of, of just you know spend some time uh, on other creative projects uh a good thing we already were, we were working in formula one so that sort of moved on luckily so we got enough business in there and actually there was one time i think end of 2020 that we sort of thought okay maybe we need to shut down or you know especially with with so many people uh working for you um mm. that's that's tough um uh but we decided to move on and also of course the government helped a little bit but that was also uh, really helpful uh and we we managed yeah. to keep everybody and explore some new paths and new markets uh, um and and it turned out really well for us so um uh yes the events business uh stopped for a bit and that's sort of coming back to life slowly although it's still difficult you know a lot of people uh, especially people that worked in the industry left uh so there's you know still we sh short on people uh production is sort of you know 30 30 40 percent 
more expensive than than before COVID. Uh, so we had some challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's safe. We're healthy. Uh, yeah, and we explored some new paths. So, and that's that's great. And as a creative company, uh, that was that was actually perfect. Uh, but yeah, you can't underestimate that it was a really hard time, of course. And and also, you know, nobody knew what we knew now. So uh, yeah. You're sort of in the uh, in 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 the blue, um, but it gave me also a lot of time to to uh, to went out and and you know uh, kite surfing with friends and um, uh, there was a part that we weren't allowed to to go to the beach in Holland, but I have a a small uh, uh, Volkswagen California, so I parked my uh, parked my uh, my camper on the on the boulevard in Zandvoort, slept. Uh, uh, on the boulevard, and then yeah, sneaked out, and then at seven thirty, kite up, and then uh, <laughs> did some kite surfing. That I did it a couple of times. It was perfect. So I had the beach all for myself. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I spent some time with family, which was also really welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially you know, my the, the the youngest one is now eight, but she was five when COVID came, and. Um, well, we had these mess, these heavy years of touring, especially the last five years uh, before twenty twenty. So actually, you know, got to you know build a relationship with my with my youngest, and uh, yeah. So there, so was also really fortunate to uh, to to have some more free time actually. And that's a that's a great way to look at it. I I feel, and it's definitely um, perhaps a choice to look at uh, how that affected a lot of us in the world and I know that it was maybe harder on some than others Absolutely. but when I think of, I think about a life of, of traveling too for me I, I loved it I loved the break from the travel yeah. I loved that finally it felt like the whole world could yeah, stop the same and thing. you don't get that how often do how do often do you get that in life to have lived that and to experience I that like for me as well was just wonderful I think it will never happen again. And actually, the thing was because in 2021, I still remember because I first you have to get used, you know, especially, you know, my life was full of jet lag. So I think the first couple of weeks I was on in a sort of continuous jet lag at home, which was really weird. But I think mm. I had a sort of a continuous jet lag all the time, like the last 15 years. Um, so that's when that was out of my body, you know, I became much more healthier and, you know, Everything my energy and much more energized again. Um, so that was yeah, that was welcome. And, and actually, I got sort of in twenty and twenty twenty begin twenty twenty one. I sort of get used to you know be at home, do nothing or do nothing to mm-hmm. di- you know have a different life. And I really wanted sort of the sum of twenty twenty one to enjoy because I sort of got used to have some you know my. Uh, yeah, spending my time differently, and then suddenly, suddenly everything opened. So we needed to back, go back to work, doing all these festivals again. So actually, um, yeah, it came a little bit early. I, I, I was, I, I, you know, I wish I could enjoy it a little bit better. But it was also maybe the hard time with having a company as well. So it's also in a sort of in the middle of, you know, feeling guilty that you're doing other stuff as well. But um, yeah, this what yeah. it is. Yeah, and yours is certainly not. Certainly not a job that you could just suddenly start to, you know, work from home, uh, unlike a lot of people that were able to sort of 
keep carrying on working, but yep. from home, it definitely sounds like your, your sort of job. You need to, to actually physically be somewhere. But I think what we took from that is that when we all started to go back to work and certainly back to traveling, uh, for work is that how important a good balance is, you know, Absolutely. like certainly for yeah. myself, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm, do- yeah. I'm doing too, I'm doing too much. I was like, I'm doing too much nonstop. I need to have a better balance, but uh, I'm glad to hear that you got through that and that your company is doing wonderful together. And is it, is, is I, I imagine it must be lovely to be, uh, full on back in the event scene again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I tried to balance myself a little bit better than before COVID actually, because, you know, you, there, are, there are some, some learnings through COVID. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's great to be back. You know, I love to see all these people going out again and see, you know, these full fields of people enjoying music. Um, uh, yeah, it's great. I can't, yeah. You know, that's what, that's what, you know, I'm always been working for. So yeah, to see that being back. Is uh, you know makes me massively happy, of course. All right, let's let's talk about how you 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 got into kiteboarding. But I believe that you're an IKO instructor yeah, also, yeah, as well. Correct. That's kind of that's that that's kind of um, that's you know I'm also done my instructors and I do a lot of coaching as a advanced coach. And that struck me as something very different than just being a kite surfer, somebody that's actually taking it on themselves to go down that journey of learning how to be. Yeah. The coach, how has that come about? Yeah, it's great. Well, actually, it, became, it, it is through COVID because, you know, suddenly I had nothing to do. And the only possible thing that was still open is, you know, going out, go kite surfing, be on the water. Uh, and I said to my friend who introduced me actually to kite surfing years ago, uh, it's like, why, why don't we do the uh, IKO course? Uh, it's only two weeks. Uh, and then we signed in, one got cancelled because of COVID, so we go, went into a lockdown and suddenly it opened and we were allowed to do the course of two weeks. Uh, and I did it. Um, and it was actually great to do it. You know, I learned so much more about kite surfing and it's so cool also to, and you know, to, 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 to learn people how to kite surf because, you know, what did it for me, you already mentioned it, I think, uh, you know, in this, in this conversation. It also feels for me always like meditation, being on the water, no phone, you know, completely shut off from everything around me. Uh, and it gives me some some, yeah. some headspace back. Um, so, yeah, I was sort of enthusiastic to, to, to you know, uh, uh, you know, enthusiast people to, to, to have the same feeling. Uh, and that's why I got into, uh, you know, teaching and uh, doing the course. Uh, first two years, I, 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 you know, I, I, I still teach uh, at a, a small uh, shop in uh, in Sandford. But you know, also what I'm noticing now is that you know, getting back to reality and you know, the company's getting busy and busy in all these events, especially also outside of Holland. You know, I, I, st- I, I have less free time to 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 teach people, but uh, I still enjoy it. And uh, and it also learned me a lot about kite surfing and all these, uh, you know, safety measurements. And um, so um, yeah, it was really helpful, I think, for me as well. Also, I was I already think it, I think you know, kite surfing a couple of years, but uh, yeah. But it's I I just want to echo that with you that I think it's a wonderful thing for any kiteboarder to actually consider doing. Doesn't matter if you've kite surfed five, ten, fifteen years. What you learn from 
being taught how to approach kite surfing from an instructor perspective is perhaps what you you, you really don't know a lot of those things no, i equally no. loved my week my week's course that i done i was a professional kite surfer in the uk and was you know high up in the competition scene thinking i knew everything about kiteboarding i knew nothing about yeah. teaching kiteboarding and i had the most wonderful instructor that taught me how important it was that i would set up in a certain way and all these different things to consider about uh, kiteboarding that I wasn't even thinking of because you just go kiteboarding as, as kiteboarders and you don't really think so much of it. So it's lovely to hear that you've actually yeah. gone down that route. And then, you know, you can't always find time to teach everyone to start kiteboarding, but the times that you do get to find are they're very special times. And I find, Sander, that they, they just come to me in life where I think, ah, oh, this person won't stop yeah, asking correct. me. Yeah. I have yeah. to spend some time with them. Yeah, and it's also, right. yeah, so also giving me the ability to teach my friends to do in your guys. So I have always somebody <laughs> that can join me on a, on a weekend tour. Uh, but it's also fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've, t- you've, taught up, you've taught up a small army of people that know how to launch and, yeah. <laughs> and land. So it's easier now. <laughs> Where, where's your home spot, Sander, then in the Netherlands? Whereabouts would you class as your home spot? I'm imagining that somewhere in Zandvoort, if you. Uh, lived in your van down there for a bit. Yeah, well, I'm I'm actually living in the middle of Holland, uh, but one of my best friends is living in um, uh, uh, close to Zandvoort uh, in Overveen. So uh, that's actually uh, a, a village next to it. So basically, you know, he never wants to drive anywhere else than Zandvoort. So I'm always going that direction. Um, and it's but it's fun. It's a nice town to go out, and uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful surround scenery as well. Uh, always love to go to the south, depending on the one, what the wind direction is, uh, and also depends on what I want to do. If I want to go, uh, you know, without with the twin tip or uh, with my directional, so that's basically also where I sort of you know differentiate where I want to go. Uh, and Tesla is also a beautiful spot to go. Uh, in the north yeah i've been there uh-huh. yeah wonderful place yeah. I've, I've been there in the Absolutely. van before yeah. and taken that yeah. beautiful ferry over and it's like being somewhere uh, a world away from Absolutely. the usual coastline there but i want you to as soon as you step on that boat it's like feeling like a like holiday it's like a, it's a it's like a modern Titanic is yeah. the best way to describe <laughs> yeah. but i don't know how yeah. we've got on the conversation of of the ferry over to Tessel, uh, but just so all of you listeners here could really have an understand of how small a journey this. We're talking like a 15 minute journey, almost 20 minute journey, but they have the biggest boat ever, way nicer than any of the boats I've ever crossed the English Channel on. And it is like a modern day Titanic, smoothest ride ever, best food, coffee, everything. And then you get dropped off and it very much sets the the scene for this amazing experience you have in Tessel, one of the islands to the north um, of the Netherlands. It's a, it's a wonderful experience. I don't know how we got onto that today, Sander, but we did. But yeah. I just quickly want you to name drop your fre- your stubborn friend here that doesn't like to go kite surfing anywhere else than his home spot. Because I suddenly realised that that's me when my friends want to go kiteboarding because I love my town so much. So who's your friend that doesn't want to go Kiteboarding anywhere else, but the town in Zandvoort. <laughs> we always you make mean. fun of him. Team, team from Halvenningen. He's my good friend. Uh, he actually brought me into kite surfing. He has also 
Oh, really? His wife is from Greece, so they have a small apartment uh, uh, on a beautiful island in Greece. Um, um, so he introduced me there actually, uh, when I was there once a couple of years ago for Easter. And it was windy. And he uh, said, yeah, let's go kite surfing. And uh, since then, we always go kite surfing together. He's one of my best friends as well. So uh, I always go with him. But yeah, he lives so close to the beach. So I can imagine you know, if you're living there, you're like, hey, yeah, let's go, go kite surfing. Yeah, then uh, I'm the one that lives uh, now drive from it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I drive. you just go. Yeah, I just yeah, go. You yeah, don't I mind. don't even think about it. You know? it's, and it's okay. You know? it's, I always uh, make fun of him, of course, uh, but that he's never wants to go somewhere else than on his own home spot. But, uh, <laughs> um, but we go also yeah, to other, uh, know, other, other, other like places. Well, because if I mentioned sun and some nice swells, for example, in... Uh, Cabo Verde, then uh, he's definitely got what the first one who packs his back and coming with me to a, to another beautiful spot. To go All right, to. that's good. So he does he does leave occasionally then. So yeah, the, the story yeah, for yeah, me yeah. is this: like, yeah, if, yeah, that, I can definitely convince him to go with me. I'm I'm the one that I'm the one that doesn't go anywhere, Sander. I've got a, a teammate, a guy called Aaron Hadlow, who you yeah. might have heard of with yeah, Giotto, yeah, yeah, and he yeah, lives yeah, a bit yeah, further yeah. away. He li- he lives a bit. He lives about 40 minutes from me, but I'm the stubborn one that's just like, I'm always kite surfing in my hometown of Worthing. And that's just how it is because I love it the most. So he, if he is ever home, he usually drives my way, but I, I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, from you, Sander, how you can balance your kite surfing with your, with your life on tour and traveling around the world. Is it something that you can do sometimes to do? Ta- I mean, do you even take your kite surfing equipment with you when the festivals no. and events are near kite surfing beaches? No, never actually, because the thing is when I'm on tours, for example, with Armin, uh, uh, we go basically every day to another city of another country. Uh, so to take you here with you is sort of impossible. Uh, but what we are still Doing well, what we, we started doing after COVID is um, because we 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 shorten actually or we we doing less gigs than than before COVID. Uh, getting also a little bit older, both of us. Um, so spending some more time somewhere, you know, if we're going to a nice place, then we spend some more time, or we day stay a day a day extra uh, mm-hmm. to do some kite surfing. The only thing is that mostly we are uh, unfortunate that there is no wind, because you know we have to be there on a specific day, so we can't choose. That so that makes it a little bit different. Um, but if we can, you know, uh, uh, it's higher on our priority list at least uh, to go out and uh, to to enjoy the surrounding where we are. I had it once in in um, in, uh, in, uh, in 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 uh, that was without Armin, but it, I'm also creating drone shows. Um, and we were in, uh, the Bay of California and there I spent, I spent some time during, you know, the, that we were flying a drone show for, for somebody, uh, also, uh, spent some beautiful time in the, at the Bay of California. I don't know if you know the spot, but, uh, beautiful. I've not actually been, that's it's on my list to go to, you know, the, the west coast of the states is very much unexplored to me. I mean, I've been up to Hood River, but that area down there, I really would love to get to, to that place one day. Now, you mentioned that yeah, uh, you mentioned your yeah. DJ friend, your DJ friend Armin van Buren there, which is 
he's a major hit and I did want to bring the podcast back to that um, at some point and now is the right time to do so. And I've said at the start of our podcast today, he's got a huge following, over three and a half million followers. You work with him. He's a friend of yours, but he's also a kite boarder. So, you know, you just gave me a little little bit of an insider there that you actually do get to go kite surfing with him outside of the, the event scene. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. But the the, fun, the 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 thing that happens with him, he got uh, uh, injured on his shoulder, not because of kite surfing, but just uh, I, I think for spinning tracks, <laughs> spinning records. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Is DJing <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, so he hasn't been kite surfing a lot lately. But every time we are we're together, I'm asking him to go out, but. Uh, no, he has to go in again. You know, he's been out for quite some time uh, uh, because of the injury. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we already agreed, you know, going out. Uh, if the weather is going to be a little bit better than now, because now at the moment it's snowing in Holland. So, uh, you know, not everybody loves these freezing temperatures and go kite surfing. I basically do. I just, you know, yeah myself and uh and go but uh not everybody but um yeah we go out pretty soon again and then uh, take it from there he's ready for it he's waiting for it actually to get the weather is a little bit better and then and he actually yeah. lives in he has he a, needs... a beautiful yeah he has a beautiful house close in the south of Holland, so uh uh close to the beach so yeah he has all the potential to go out from as many as he can so uh, yeah Sometimes you need a break or potentially an injury to realize how much you love the sport yeah, of kiteboarding. I definitely think it's, it's such, it's such a wonderful sport that you so often sort of almost fall in and out of love with it. The amount of time you're kiteboarding and you have time off and then you can't kiteboard because of your work commitments and you love it, you know, and it just carries on and on like that. And then you realize when you're back out there, how much you love it. So you said you've got a bit of snow out there at the moment. Is there, any chance or any signs there might be even enough ice to do that famous race that you never get to do in Holland where you ice skate from, I think, yeah, it north the, to south or something the ridiculous for all the mean. rivers? The Elfstedertog. Yeah, uh, I've heard about it. I, yeah, no, that has been uh, been a long time that that one happened. I think a couple of years already. Because I think the last time, I don't remember exactly yeah. the date, but it's been quite some time that it's happened. That yeah, I think yeah, they now, I think yeah, it's got to the point where I think, I, yeah, they sup it now. I think yeah, is the sad yeah, story that. that is like a that, very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a very famous race. Any listeners curious yeah, to how we've uh, started chatting about an ice skating race? It's a race where they pretty much ice skate only every 10, 15 years or something when all of the rivers have frozen up or the little inlets all the way through. The Netherlands, but that's certainly I don't think that's gonna happen now. But we're gonna we're gonna move yeah. on to my last question to you now, Sander, as this podcast has raced through. But uh we've spoken a lot about what you do and your traveling and you know, I imagine that can bring some stress to your life as well. But I really wanna know what kite surfing means to you. Uh well I, I mentioned it already, I think uh halfway. It's like for me it's it's meditation. It's get rid of it's on stress. Uh, you know, there's no phone, there's nobody who can reach me. You know, I have a busy life, you know, uh and and working globally, you know, I've always working early or morning, 
and uh, late hours during the day, especially when I'm back home. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just uh, deconnect from the world and, and be with myself, with, with my kite and, and board and enjoying the waves and uh, spend at least uh, one and a half or two hours uh, minimum uh, and just enjoying myself, you know, doing some jumps, riding some waves uh, and completely deconnect from the world and uh, and, and uh, yeah, be with myself. And, and if, as you as you was mentioning yourself, you know, for me, it's, it's definitely a meditation, a way of way of deconnect with the world. Um, and that's, you know, I got into it. And as soon as I got into it and got in touch with it, um, I never stopped actually. And, you know, as you, as you mentioned already, you know, I did even the IKO course, uh, I'm so into it. And, you know, I mostly have my kite stuff in my old uh, Land Rover Defender and just drive around. And as soon as I see wind, I'm sometimes I just cancel meetings and go out and, you know, take, take some one and a half or two hours of my time and, 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 and uh, enjoy kite surfing. And uh, I love it. You know, it's, uh, I started late, you know, I've, I'm only doing this a couple of years yet, but, uh, but intense. So, you know, I'm always out. If it's December, November, October, January, I don't care. If it's minus five, I'm going out. Uh, if there's wind, I'm there and try to enjoy it. If I have uh, some time to, uh, and, and, and work, let me, but, uh, yeah, that's basically what kite surfing is for me. Perhaps you're listening to this and wondering about the sport of kiteboarding and Sander has really summed it up there. It becomes, uh, it, it becomes an addiction, something that you just want to do. It's so good for your health and well-being. And I think clearly what we've discussed today, Sander, is just how well that can influence other areas of your life as well, from your family, the work that you do. Kiteboarding is just such a wonderful thing to have in your life that really everyone should try it if you don't do it already. But Sander, I want to thank you for a lovely podcast this evening. It was really exciting. I'm definitely going to be thinking of you when I see the next Formula One. I'm going to be thinking he was there. He he made that. He made that, that big <laughs> yeah. podium and all that stuff. It's it's been really yeah. insightful. So thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you very much for your uh, for your invitation uh, and good luck with the podcast. Yeah.